What's up, everybody? Welcome to Access. My name is Pastor Jared. So excited to have you guys tonight on the rally. We are so, so excited for tonight. Believe that God is going to do some big things. If you don't know me again, my name is Pastor Jared. This is the Access community. We exist to equip and mobilize young adults in identity, evangelism, community, and the scriptures. We are a group of Jesus people. We love Jesus with our whole heart, and we love his presence. We love his presence. It's amazing. So we're so honored to have you with us tonight. Tonight is going to be a very, very special night. So, so excited about that. But I know some of, uh, some of y'all were here before I left, but if you weren't here, just want to give a little update. I just got back from a nine-day mission trip to the nation of Pakistan, which was crazy. Yes. And I just want to say, first and foremost, like, thank you all. Thank you all for praying. Thank you all for standing with me, sending me out from this place. What I have seen what I, in the last nine days will, it's changed my life. I literally can't be the same. Um, I like, whenever since I was a little kid, like five years old, like I would hear stories that my dad would tell about just things that he's seen in his lifetime things that our missions partners around the world have seen. And ever since that young age, I've just dreamt like, and just said, man, if, if one day in my life, I could see some of these things happen in the span of five days, like I saw almost every single one of those things happen. Just craziness. So, so amazing. I can't share um, some of the full details of our trip just because of the nature of, you know, some of the people we are meeting with and different things like that. Um, but hopefully next week I'm going to be able to share a little bit more in detail and give uh, more of an update on uh, just the amazing things that God did while we were over there. So just in short, just want to say thank you guys so much. Like everything that we saw God do at our fingertips, like you all have a part to play in that. Like when, when, I, when, I, when we all stand before heaven, when we all stand before God in heaven at that final day, and we give an account for your life. He's going to invite me up and he's going to say, Jared, thank you for, for going to Pakistan and seeing all of these different things, right? He's going to thank you. Look, look at all the fruit that came from your yes, right? But then the crazy thing and the thing that I don't think we fully understand is that God is going to invite each one of you up. And he's going to say, hey, thank you. Come up here. He's going to say, hey, thank you for going to Pakistan. And you're going to say, what? Why? When did I go? Like, what? I'm so, sorry. Maybe you're confusing me with somebody. I don't have a mustache, but maybe you're confusing me with Jared, right? And he's going to say, no, look, you went. And he's going to show you a picture of your bedroom and you on your knees and saying prayers for people that you had no idea were being impacted at that very moment. He's going to show you like the prayers that you prayed for salvations, for hearts to be open to the gospel. Like the one thing that I could share about this trip, the one thing is that there was a supernatural, I have never seen this before in my life, a supernatural openness to the gospel. Like the simplest message you've ever heard in your entire life. Simplest, like the gospel message that we've probably have heard like hundreds of times. We say it and we're like, okay, like maybe that could have come out better. I don't know, you know, all these different things, right? Everyone, like everyone in the meeting that we're in, all raise their hand. And not just like, and not just like, not just raise their hand as like, okay, like he's telling me to raise my hand, so I guess I want to raise my hand. It's raise my hand and then walk up to us and say, hey, I've been doing this, this, and this. 
and I needed to confess that to you and I wanna let you know I'm done. Or, or coming up and saying, I don't know what you just did, but you spoke, when you spoke those words, the pain that I've had for years in my body instantly left. What did you do to me? Like these, the, just some of the nature of the things that were happening. And why, why do I share all that? Because literally like it wasn't our words that we were saying that were making the difference. It wasn't like good preaching. It wasn't charisma or like a great attitude like that, that got us anywhere. Like it was the Holy Spirit and a supernatural openness to the gospel that can only come through people who are praying. And so thank you guys, because the fruit that we've seen, like in these past five days, like we did five days of ministry while we were over there, the, the five days of ministry that we had were supernatural, supernatural, supernatural. So thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to pray a prayer, kind of, kind of kick off the ministry, but then also just thank Jesus for everything that he's done and is continuing to do in that nation. So Jesus, I thank you so much, God. You are so good. God, will you just get all the glory? Lord, you get all the praise. Lord, you get everything, Lord, for from you and to you and through you, all, all things, Jesus, are all things, Lord. All things consist in your name, Lord. Just like you created the world and there was nothing that was made except that was made through you, Lord, nothing in our life is ever sustained except by you and your spirit, Jesus. We thank you, Father, Lord. You are the main character in all of our stories, Lord. You are the main character of this, the story that you're writing in the nation of Pakistan. You are the main character, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to play a part in it. We thank you, Lord, for supplying your spirit to people who needed it, for healing broken bodies, Lord, and saving lost souls. Jesus, for going to the depths of the pits of darkness and casting your light in those places, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Father. And Lord, as we meet with you tonight, we have one desire and one request, and it's more of you. One thing we desire, one thing I seek, one thing I long for, and that's to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, to gaze on his beauty, inquire in his temple. Lord, we want more of you tonight. We want more of your spirit. We want a fresh baptism and a fresh filling of your spirit, God. Would you pour it out on your people tonight, Lord? Pour it out, Jesus. We long for you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so uh, our plane landed uh, at 11.30 p.m. last night. And so after uh, 38 hours of travel, we arrived in, uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So if I fall asleep up here, just somebody come up and wake me, all right? So, you got me? All right, thanks. No, I'm super, super pumped and super excited. I, actually, I like, feel like I come back. I'm coming back from this trip just so energized and just like so filled with like the life of God. And I believe that God is gonna meet us in powerful ways here tonight. So tonight, uh, we are going to be talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on, so good. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, and when I say that phrase, you might be thinking to yourself, baptism, okay, like, yeah, that's where people get dunked in water. And you're like, yeah, that is right, right? Um, but first off, I just want to kind of explain uh, the, the difference between salvation and baptism in water, and then this extra experience, which is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So 
First off, baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's not just a, like a, a word that charismatics came up with <laughs> so they could just give an excuse to have three, four hour long meetings. Um, but <laughs> it's actually a phrase that was first spoken out of the mouth of John the Baptist. And it's in Matthew chapter three, verse 11, um, that we see this distinction. So to give a little context here, uh, John the Baptist, he is experiencing a, a revival in his time, in his day. He feels the mandate from God on his life to be the voice in the wilderness that would make a way for the Lord. And so he goes out in the wilderness and he lives in a life of obscurity for most, for most of his life. But then all of a sudden, God starts moving in him to lead a people and a nation unto repentance. And so John the Baptist, he starts preaching this repentance and people from everywhere are coming to him to get baptized in water in repentance for their sins. And like, we have to grasp this. This was crazy. What John the Baptist was experiencing was literally a revival. So crazy. He had Jews, like religious leaders coming to him and saying, this is what I'm doing. What do you say I should do? And he was giving them counsel. You need to turn from that life of sin. Come get baptized for repentance and do this, that, and the third. He was, he was counseling tax collectors, people who had literally betrayed the people of Israel in order to get extra tax money for Rome. Like these people were not your, like, they, were, they had a frequency, frequent propensity to lying. Like they were not your holiest people. They came to him and he says, you know what you need to do? You need to sell what you have. You need to give. You need to stop asking for extra for money and you need to repay all the people that you stole from. So like John the Baptist was experiencing this crazy revival. And as hundreds and perhaps thousands of people are coming to him, he's baptizing them in the water, baptizing one after another, after another, after another. All these people, there starts a little rumor in the crowd and they'll start whispering to each other like, is this, is this the Messiah? They're like, no, I don't think so. And he's like, but, but look at all the crazy things that are happening. Did, did you, that was a tax collector. Did you see that? Oh my gosh, that was, that was, a, that was a prostitute. She just can't, oh my gosh, did you see it? They're just like, he's gotta be the Messiah. He's gotta be the Messiah. So this rumble starts happening in the crowd, right? And John the Baptist hears this rumble, but he himself knows he is the one He's the one who's meant to make a way for the Messiah. He's not the Messiah to come, right? And so he makes this distinction. He says, this is the difference between me and the Messiah who would come after it. This is Matthew 3, verse 11. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. See, John the Baptist, he was calling people unto repentance, but all he could offer them was stop doing wrong things and start doing better things with your life. John the Baptist knew in and of himself, that's all I have to offer you is the law. He's saying, don't, don't look to me, please. <laughs> please don't look. If you think this is good, oh wait, there's another one coming. And he's not just going to tell you to stop doing bad things and start doing right things. He's actually going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He's not going to say, just white knuckle it and start acting better. He's going to actually give you the power to live a different life. And that is the purpose of the Holy Spirit. That is why we pursue the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
When Jesus came on the scene, he was the bearer of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the first time that he tells his disciples the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is in Acts chapter one, verse eight. And in Acts chapter one, verse eight, we see that Jesus was not about just amending people's behavior, but he was about transforming individuals' lives. And this is what he says in Acts chapter one, verse eight. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Power to be a witness. This is why we seek and why we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit so that we can receive power to be a witness. In this witnessing, it's really twofold. There's really two parts to this witnessing that Jesus is talking about in this verse. One is the power to live differently. The power to live differently. When you receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit actually fills you with power to live a life that is different than the life that you used to live. He gives you power to actually run away from sin and actually to pursue a life of holiness with God. He gives you the power to act in, the, in line with the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He gives you the power on the inside to walk in a different way. See, before we knew Christ, we were just swept away with the rest of the world, slaves of our own impulses, carried along by culture to do things that we regret today. But Jesus died and rose again so that not only those things that we did could be completely forgiven and wiped clean, but so that he could fill us with power so we don't have to do those things anymore. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And get this, when people see the transformation that happens in your life, they are going to ask questions when your coworker sees you get completely like embarrassed by your boss and then you just, you in self-control just say, yep, I'm sorry, sir. Yep, I'll do better next time. Hold your tongue, not bite back at him. And then the next day you don't even gossip about your boss. Your coworker is gonna stay, dude, what has happened to you? Like I actually, we actually used to get along because we used to, like just, you know, bicker about our, our boss all the time, right? We used to like throw him under the bus, you know, and then he'd come in and we'd be like, oh, hey, wow, you're awesome. <laughs> but that doesn't happen anymore. What's changed? And at that moment, the power to become a witness is available. At that moment, you get to say, listen, I met someone, his name is Jesus, and he's completely transformed my life. And honestly, I don't really know how I was able to stop that or to bite my tongue, but I know that it was because of the Holy Spirit. And if you want this Holy Spirit, you can have him too. Have you ever heard about Jesus? When people start to see the different way that we act, when people start to see the selfless nature with which we live our life, when your parents or your roommates, they start to see or maybe your partner or whatever, when they start to see, oh man, I'm laying my life down for that other person. When you stand up and you say, oh, let me grab that plate. 
oh, hey, don't worry. Hey, you sit down, you cook dinner, let me wash the dishes. When they see like you start to lay your life down for other people like that, they're gonna notice and say, dude, what is happening with you? Like, what is, what is happening? The game's going on. Don't you wanna watch the game? And you're like, hmm, I guess I, I got power to, to live differently. And that's the Holy Spirit that's present in my life. And I bring up some of these examples because they're, they're real life. And I want us to get into this frame of mind that the baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't about just falling on your face, speaking in tongues, or praying for somebody and seeing them miraculously healed. The Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is meant to change your entire life. It's like, if you come, like we're gonna pray for people in a minute here. If you come and you like fall down on your face and you like get really encountered by the Lord and you're feeling goosebumps and tingles and all this different stuff and you go home and then cuss out your mom, that's not like, that's not it. <laughs> like that's not the purpose of this thing. Like we don't create these moments. We don't have like these things just so we can have powerful encounters and then go back and live the same way. Like, the baptism of the Holy Spirit changes our life. It gives us power, yes, to do the miraculous, yes, to walk in the signs and wonders and miracles. And trust me, I love those things. And I am about all of those things. But he also gives us power to live in the mundane in a supernatural way. So that people would look at our life from nine to five and know that there is a God. They would look at our life on the weekends while we're watching a movie with our family and know that there is a God. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So some of you might be sitting here now and you're saying, okay, Jared, like I, I'm saved. Like I gave my life to Jesus. Don't I have the Holy Spirit already? The answer to that question simply and succinctly is yes, you do. <laughs> Praise God. So good. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not here to uh, give a full, you know, theological exposition on the indwelling of the Holy Spirit versus the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how you can see those in scriptures. But one thing I do know is there is an account in scripture where there are certain disciples who have already been saved. They've already given their life to Jesus, which means the Holy Spirit has entered into their life but then they still receive a later baptism of the Holy Spirit. And some of these disciples, they experience this baptism of the Holy Spirit more than once. And so I just want to explain a few of these things. So there's really three events that mark our Christian life and let the world know that we are Christians. There's really three events that happen. And in 1 John 5, verse 7 through 8, or actually, I think it's just, Oh yeah, verse seven through eight. First John five, verse seven through eight, it talks about these three events, okay? So we'll read right here. It says, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one, right? So we, we believe in three God, th or we believe in one God and three persons. Yeah, yeah, blasphemy up here, yeah. <laughs> no, that's crazy. We believe in uh, <laughs> one God and three persons, Right? And then it continues, and there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. So the three things that bear witness on earth, that three things that bear witness in our life are the spirit, the water, and the blood. So what do those three, three things mean? Well, let's go in reverse order here. So we're going to talk about the blood, the water, and then the spirit. 
So the blood it's clearly referencing in this verse, it's clearly referencing the blood of Jesus that he shed on the cross. And Jesus did, he died on the cross for all of our sins. He descended from heaven, lived a sinless life, taught the world about the way of God and then died a sinner's death. And in shedding his blood on the cross, he made provision for our sins to be completely wiped away. And when we would come to Jesus He says that we would be born again and by the blood, our spirit man would be made new on the inside of us. Jesus talks about this being born again in John chapter three, verse three. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, Nicodemus, he said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so by the blood of Jesus, we are saved. And that is the only thing by which we are saved is the blood of Jesus, right? What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So our spirit is made right before God through our, our salvation by the blood of Jesus. But then we come to the water, okay? And the water, this is referencing the water baptism that we all experience. And if, so In water baptism, a believer confesses before others that I follow Jesus, right? If you've been at a a baptism service at Res Life, we ask this this question, who's your Lord and Savior? And you get a chance to tell everyone who is present, my Savior is Jesus Christ, right? And then we say these words, "Well, well, we baptize you by the confession in your mouth in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And they get dunked underwater and are raised to life. That's right, come on. We get dunked underwater and raised to life. So good, I love baptism so much. But this water baptism, um, it says in 1 Peter verse ch- or chapter 3, verse 21, it actually shows a purpose of water baptism. And I think this is so, so significant. We identify with the death of, of Christ when we are dunked underwater. And then just as Jesus was raised to life again, so also we are raised to newness of life. But in 1 Peter 3, 21, um, Peter is talking about, he's talking about the connection between um, the Noah and how he was saved through water, right? How the, the ark, Noah and the ark, it rested on the waters and he was saved from the destruction. And he's saying, he's making a connection back to that. And so in verse 21, we pick up on that connection. He says, there's also an antitype which now saves us, baptism. And here he gives a distinction of what baptism does. Not the removal of filth from the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. So what is he saying here? He's saying baptism is not about just dunking underwater (laughs) and getting clean. Like it's not just having a bath, right? And where you say, Jesus, my Lord, you know, like that's, that's not, that's not what it's about. He's saying there's actually a supernatural power here to have a clean conscience from this moment forward. And so baptism in water actually ministers more to the soul of a person right? When, when we were saved and when, when we gave our life to Jesus, when the blood of Jesus washed us for our sins, our spirits were made new on the inside, right? But when we are baptized, he's saying there's an antitype here. There's, there's a type and a shadow here, not the, the removal of flesh or, or removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. The baptism actually gives, there's a supernatural power in water baptism, 
to leave the old things that you've done in the past behind, to, to not let that shame and guilt and condemnation follow you anymore. But just as Jesus was died and was buried in the ground, you're burying that, sh- that shame, guilt, and condemnation, and you're being raised to life in newness. And now you can walk in a different way. That's why we have these shirts. If you've been to Red's Life Baptism, you have these shirts that say made new, right? It's because we believe that the old has passed away along with all of the guilt and the shame and the condemnation. That was the old me. I'm not that person anymore. I am raised to life and I walk in a new way, right? So that's water baptism. But the third thing is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have the blood, the water, and the spirit. And again, we come to Matthew 3, verse 11, where John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And the Holy Spirit, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes, he gives you power to be a witness, as we've talked about briefly. So we see these three things that bear witness on earth, the blood, the water, and the spirit, we see these three things play out beautifully in Acts 19, verse one through five. And I'm just gonna read it for us here and then give a little bit of a commentary on it. And then we're gonna get into the good stuff for praying for people to receive. Acts 19, one through five says, and it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, well, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So we see these three things, the blood, right? These, he said in, the, in verse one, he says that he, in finding some disciples, he said to them. So these were already disciples. So they had already received Jesus. They were already walking in the way of Christ, Right? but they had not been baptized in Jesus's name, nor did they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what does Paul say? Okay, you've received the blood, right? Now, have you received the water? Into what then were you baptized? And they said, well, in John's baptism, we've repented from our sin. He's saying, but there's, there's, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus for an answer of a clean conscience towards God. You need to identify with Jesus's death, his burial and his resurrection. And so they get baptized. But even after getting saved and after getting water baptized, Paul says, there's a third that bears witness on earth. And that's the spirit. And it says, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. Paul saw the need for these 12 disciples to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that God in heaven and Jesus sees the need of our community to receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
we're ready to receive. We're ready to receive. I'm gonna pray here and then I'm gonna kind of explain how this ministry moment is gonna kind of um, function. But Jesus, we just pause a minute here, Lord. And just pause. Lord, we pause a moment to recognize that you are here with us. We pause a moment, God. Lord, we're not begging, Lord, or trying to conjure up your presence through some prayer that we could pray. Lord, we recognize that you desire to be with us more than we want you to be. You long to be with your children, Lord. And I ask, Father, that you'd open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us tonight. Everything. God, we love you. We honor you, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. So, tonight's gonna be really, really powerful. But before we actually go into this, as we were praying, we felt like tonight was also gonna be a night of salvation. And so maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, man, we've, we've talked about the three that bear witness on earth, right? The blood, the water, and the spirit. And you're maybe saying, you know what? I've never really taken that first step. I've never really accepted Jesus's sacrifice for me. I've, I've never really repented and turned away from my sin and said, Jesus, I wanna, I wanna give everything to you. I wanna leave it all on the table. Like I, I, I'm holding nothing back from you and I wanna make you the Lord of my life. Or, or maybe you're here and you're saying, you know, if I'm honest, I've been, I've been living like a little bit two-faced for a while. Like when I'm with these group of people, yeah, like I lift my hands and I praise Jesus and I'm like doing really, really good. But, but man, don't find me when I hang out with those people though. <laughs> and maybe tonight you're feeling the conviction of the Lord settle in your heart and you're saying, you know what? Living this double life is exhausting. You have just enough of Jesus to feel convicted about your sin, but just enough of your sin to keep you away from Jesus. How about we, we just cut ties tonight? We stop playing games and give our life fully to Jesus. So that's you in the room. Everyone's head bowed, eyes closed. This is you in the room and you're saying, man, I want to give my life to Jesus. I, I, want, I want for real, like maybe I've been living a double life or maybe I've never really come to this moment. Maybe I've heard about Jesus my whole life. Maybe my parents and my grandma, oh yeah, they knew Jesus, but I've never really made an effort to find Jesus myself but I want to right now. If that's you, would you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three, raise your hand. Yes, I see one, two, three. Yes, over to my left, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Four, five, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, we love you, Lord. We love you, thank you, Father. Six, yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, anyone else? Yes, thank you, Father. I believe that some of you, as you're raising your hand, you're feeling actually the presence of God fill you right now. Seven, thank you, Lord. You're feeling the presence of God all over you. He's, he's entering in right now and he's letting you know I'm never, you're not alone. <laughs> thank you, Father. Eight, yes, thank you, Jesus. 
You can put your hands down. Hmm. But everybody repeat this prayer after me. We're, we're saying this prayer to begin a new life with Jesus. And I believe that as we pray this prayer, that those of you who raise your hands, you're gonna feel the power of God begin to descend in your life. And something is gonna happen on the inside of you. It's gonna be supernatural. So you repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus. Everyone say it with me. Say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for dying on the cross for all of my sin. Thank you for redeeming my life. And God, I'm sorry for all the things that I have said and done, for all the people I've hurt, and for using this life in a way that you did not intend. I repent and I turn away from my old lifestyle. I make you today the Lord, the King, and the master of my life. I believe you died and I believe you rose again. And I believe you are filling me with power to live in a different way. Help me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.